Just before we get into this podcast, just a quick note from Henry and I. We absolutely love hosting the Badminton Podcast, but whilst juggling full-time jobs and bearing the costs of the editing so that we can bring you higher quality episodes and regular episodes, we would love your support. And you can support us through our Patreon account where you can pledge just a little bit per month that's just going to help the Badminton Podcast keep running regularly and to keep serving your badminton needs. So, when you can, please log on to www.patreon.com slash the badminton podcast, no spaces, and pledge a small amount. It's just really going to help us to keep this podcast going. Thanks a lot. Brought to you from Melbourne, Australia, this is the Badminton Podcast, a community for badminton players by badminton players where we talk badminton, celebrate local heroes, interview players from all walks of life, and push you to grow as a player and a person. Introducing your hosts, Jeff and Henry. Hello, badminton community, and welcome to another episode of the Badminton Podcast. My name is Jeff. And I'm Henry. We're the co-founders of Volantware, and we're here serving the badminton community, giving the badminton community the best badminton apparel that's versatile that you can wear on and off the court and also building our community from the inside, from the ground up, offering listeners the chance to listen to professional badminton players, social badminton players and players from all walks of life who have a lot of wisdom to share with us. So we're, we're really excited to be bringing this show to you and yet another episode. So thanks for tuning in. This episode is going to be a little bit different. So rather than having a guest on, it's going to be Henry and I discussing a really important topic. Now, the important topic stemmed from one of our listeners who reached out to us. And there's been various numbers of listeners who have reached out, commenting about the podcast, helping us make it better, and asking different questions and suggesting different episode topics that they would like covered that's going to help them in their game and in their lives as well. And we're really grateful for that. And we'd love for everyone to keep sending in these questions because we love hearing from you. We love basically thinking about solutions and coming up with ways that we can help the badminton community, whether it's from ourselves, from our experiences and what we've learned, or whether we can get some guests to answer those questions for you as well. So I'll let Henry do the introduction to who's asked the question, but just want to say thank you so much for sending in those questions and those suggestions. We're really all ears and we loved getting them from you. Thanks, Jeff. So today we have a question from Alona, a Dutch girl living in South Florida. And she asks, I want to know how to stop overthinking in games. During training hours, it doesn't bother me. But when I play a game, I overthink, especially my service, both forehand and backhand. I always mess it up during a game. It's really annoying that something so simple gets messed up and it's only getting worse because I cannot stop thinking about not messing it up. Alona, you are not alone. First of all, this is a common thing for everyone, not just you, not for social club, state, international players. It's the same for everyone, I believe. And it's just one of those things that we have to practice over and over. So Henry, have you experienced this much at all? Uh, I probably experience this. Every time I play a tournament with you, I experience this. <laughs> <laughs> with me. Only with me. <laughs> Only with you. Only with you. But yeah, I... When I'm playing socially, casually, it's not something that I overly think about. Uh, when it does get, when I do get into the more competitive scenes, so when I do start playing in tournaments and things like that, when there's a bit more pressure coming from both sides of the court, 
that's when, yeah, I start to do a little more, a little bit more thinking than I would like to. And I kind of forget about the process in itself. But today let's talk about how we can hopefully manage this issue and yeah, uh, alleviate the potential consequences. Yeah, absolutely, Henry. And I think it really does come to that pressure situation because yeah, in training hours, Alona, like you've said, it doesn't really bother you because it's social. It's not as it's not as intense. The consequences aren't as great if you mess up this serve or if you do a bad serve. So it is really those high pressure situations where it really pops up and it, it it's quite nerve wracking. I know personally myself, even though I practice my service so often, there are certain things that are just it, it can just unrack you a little bit because of the intenseness or the pressure of the situation if you're serving to a particular spot what's the quality of the serve going to be like because the quality of serve basically dictates the quality of the rally basically if a really good serve can put you up on the upper hand a really poor serve can put you definitely on the the lower hand if you want to call it or in a defensive and difficult position so there's no question that this is something that hopefully a lot of listeners will get a lot of benefit from that I'd like to dig deep into some strategies as to how we can actually combat this. So not just service in itself, but just the whole mental game and being in your head too much because being in your head and not playing doesn't work, but playing without your head also doesn't work. It's a very fine line between thinking and playing and overthinking being too much and you being a little bit paralyzed or restricted in the way they're actually playing. So Jeff, where would you even start? Like this, this is a pretty complicated situation to be in and there's so many variables to consider where would you start if you had someone like Alona coming up to you and going hey Jeff this is what's happening what do I do yeah absolutely as a coach and also as a former player I've had the I wouldn't I'm not sure if I say the honor but I've had the privilege if I could say it that way to deal with these kinds of things and they're not easy and this based the things that I'm going to outline on this podcast episode are based on the things I've learned personally myself both through experience and through sports psychologists um, coaches etc and this these are some things that I like to impart on my players as well I've got basically I've brainstormed a few points here as to how we can manage these pressure situations not just serving but just generally playing and out of the five I'm just going to start off with number one which is get present now, get present is something that's easier said than done. Everyone knows you have to play in the present. You can't play the next point. You have to play this point. Okay, you can't hit this, the next shuttle. You have to hit this shuttle. But what I mean by get present is make sure that you're playing each point. Because remember, each point, each shot, sorry, will win the point. Each point wins a game. Each game or set wins a match. And each match wins the, to the next round of the tournament. So when I say get present, it is really about making sure we are focused on what is right in front of us rather than focusing on who you're going to be playing in the finals or what, if, what happens if I lose to this person or what happens if they hit this smash. It hasn't happened yet, so we need to make sure that we stay present during the situation. And Jeff, just to clarify, when you're talking about get present, where you're still going to be, think, be thinking about, hey, if I serve this here, what shot they're going to be playing the next shot and after that as well, just for everyone listening. Absolutely. So get present doesn't mean that you don't think forward. It just means that the way that you're thinking, you are present in the way that you are thinking. Yeah. So you want to be presently thinking about what the player, the other player is going to do. 
Okay, it's not like you're not looking at the next shot at all. It's about focusing our attention on what's important right now. What's important right now is what they're going to play next. Okay, so like I said, getting present is something that it's really easy for me to say, hey, focus on right now. But to be honest, it was quite tricky when I was playing because especially with the pressure, for example, if I was playing a tournament that I was number one seed in and I was expected to win the tournament, when I go up and play my very first round match, if it's a difficult first round, how do I stay present in that moment rather than thinking about, oh, well, I have to win five matches to win this tournament that I'm expected to win. So I used to have a little ritual that I love to share with everyone and it's not mine. I, I, I'd love to say I invented it, but it's not mine. It came from a book and then a movie, that, a book that turned into a movie by Dan Millman, who's a gymnast in the USA, and it's called The Peaceful Warrior. And right before he was performing, he would ask himself these three questions. And I used to ask myself these questions all the time before I started playing in a match. The first question was, where am I? So I physically asked myself the question, where am I? And I'd respond to myself, I am here. So basically, it's bringing me back to here, focusing back to where I am right now. Then the second question I'd ask is, what time is it? And the answer to myself would be now. So that brought help bring me back. And the last question I'd ask is, what am I? And then the answer would be this moment. So I had three enforcing questions that I'd ask myself saying, where am I here? What time is it now? What am I? I'm this moment, which really brought me to, hey, I need to be really present in this moment because if I'm not present in this moment, there's no way I'm going to get to where I want to be in the finals and semifinals or wherever that may be. So Jeff, just to jump in there, are you saying this sort of when, for example, you do feel the pressure, you're not playing the serves that you want to be playing or you're not playing the points that you want to be playing, you feel that you're not very present. Is this sort of the few questions that you decide, okay, I'm going to ask myself these questions now just to try and reset um, so if Ilona had just, you know, played a bad serve, she's starting to overthink a little bit. Are these the questions that you would ask yourself? They definitely could be. What I found was I used to ask myself these questions just before the match. So when I literally was just about to serve or just about to receive serve and they, the umpire says, love all play, I would ask myself these questions to get me in the mindset. If there was a situation during the match where I felt like I was getting away from myself or I started to think about the future too much or I was too result-driven, which is another point we're going to hone into, then what I would find is I could ask myself those questions and it would help me snap me back to what I needed to focus on. So yes, definitely it's something you can ask yourself in a split second, hey, where am I? I'm here. And that can be enough to trigger you back into the moment. Yeah, perfect. I think that's a really good takeaway, um, especially if you, you, you're a bit short on time sometimes in between points, but you really need that snap back, um, back to reality, back to the present. Yeah, and it's not about delaying play. It's just about taking that extra two seconds, which the umpire probably shouldn't pull you up on. Don't quote me on that, but they, they shouldn't. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> Unless you're just walking around in circles. Just, just, just... asking yourself the questions. <laughs> Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> uh, if Alona does that, that'd be great. Um, anyway. <laughs> It'll be a good breaker. It'll be a good um, change in mindset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're shouting it at the other player. Okay, so now that we're present, uh, let's assume that we have become present where what's number two where do we where do we go from here okay so number two is what i like to say ask yourself the right questions now 
those three questions that I said before, they are the right questions because the answer that you're going to get from the questions is something that's useful. So there's no point asking yourself, for example, a learning, it's no point asking yourself, hey, why can't I serve in these situations? Why can't I do this? Why do I always stuff it up? Of course, you're going to stuff it up because your focus now becomes on getting the answer to why you can't do it. And then your brain will respond and say, oh, it's because you suck. You, you, your serve was never good. You haven't practiced enough. You can't handle these situations. The other person returning serve is scary, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to be asking ourselves the right questions because the right questions will help us focus on the right things. And I want to draw your attention to what Alona said, which was, it's really annoying that something so simple gets messed up and it only gets worse because I can't stop thinking about not messing it up. This is exactly what I'm talking about. We're drawing the attention to messing it up in itself. If I was going to say to you, you've probably heard this before, but if I was going to say, Henry, don't picture a pink elephant. Don't, don't do it. Don't picture a pink elephant right now. Can you do it? Biggest Biggest pink elephant ever. Okay. Even if you say don't stuff it up or don't make an error or don't be nervous, you're just drawing your attention to that. The the don't before it means nothing to the brain. Okay. So we need to make sure we're asking ourselves and focusing on the right things. So when you're serving, maybe the better question to ask yourself is how can I not stuff this up? But where should I serve this shuttle in order to get the response I want? That's a better quality question. All of a sudden, your thinking changes from stuffing the serve up to actually strategically thinking about where you need to serve it. And ideally, you would have had enough service practice that your muscle memory will take over, that you're focused on where you need to serve rather than stuffing up the serve or making it bad, and then you can serve well. Okay, so the the second point I want to get across is asking yourself the right questions, which focuses your attention on the right things. Yeah, great. It's it's sort of like constructive problem solving is is the way that I would describe that because you're you're asking yourself how do I actually achieve it rather than why am I not achieving it exactly um, and I like that. Um, okay, cool. So let's move on to number three, shall we? So we've got get present, get right in the present moment. You are, you can ask yourself those three questions that I outlined before. Don't worry, use them as much as you want. They're not mine. I stole them from somewhere. Steal them from me, please. Second is make sure you focus on the right things by asking yourself the right questions. The third one was a huge, absolutely huge thing for me. And it comes back to those pressure situations where I was expected to win. Okay. And the pressure mounted up. The third is focus on the process. Okay. So there's a difference between process and result. Result is winning. Result is getting the trophy. Result is being congratulated by all of your friends and family about, and they're saying how well that you did. Result is also losing. The result is also being disappointed after not playing well. The result is also people talking about you or talking to you and saying, hey, you didn't play well or you're expected to win, blah, blah, blah. That's a result as well. Okay. Of course, the result that we want, generally speaking, is we want to win. That's why we, we play. We don't play to lose. Winning is not everything, but the effort to win is, generally speaking. So the result is different to the process. The process in itself is what you are doing to win. Okay, They're the steps along the way. If you think about a journey or a big staircase, the top is the result. That's where you want to be. Each of the steps is the process of how you get there. So you can consider that as different points, different shots, or anything like that. So 
what I found was I got really, really nervous because I had a lot of expectation on me to win a lot of matches. And when I started to be result focused when I was playing, everything went terribly because all of a sudden I was nervous. I was scared. I wasn't playing properly because all I could think about was the actual result and the outcome. It's important to know your outcome, but when you're in the process of doing it, you need to focus on the process. Okay. And the process is the game plan. The process is playing the actual game in itself. The process is serving, doing the, the net shots, doing the, the smashes, doing the drop shots, playing your game strategy. The process is not about winning the, the shot or winning the point in the first two shots every single time, because that's result driven. That's about, Hey, I just want to win this point rather than, Hey, I need to do these things to win the point. And if I do these things, I will have a high chance of winning the point. It's not just about winning the point in itself. I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense, Henry? Yeah, it does. Um, the, the other way I could put it is just, I mean, definitely set objectives. It's not saying don't set objectives. So Absolutely. your objective is definitely still win, win the tournament, win, win the rally, win whatever it is. But when you're in the process of doing that, focus on the actual process like Jeff mentioned. And we could describe it just like, Let's say if you're, you're in high school alone, I don't know if you're in high school or not, but let's assume you're in high school and you want to get that really high score. You're, you're, when you're studying to get that really high score, you're not focusing on getting that 100%. You're focusing, <laughs> you're <not. laughs> on, the, you're focusing on the things that will get you that 100%. You're focusing on the maths problem, not yeah. looking at a 100% sign and being thinking and just looking at that for the, for the sake of looking at it. And, and if you were, you probably didn't do that very well in that maths test. Because <laughs> you wouldn't actually know how to do the maths. All you know is you want 100%. Maybe that's the answer to the question, but there's probably more than one question. <laughs> All right. So Jeff, we've covered three points so far. What's number four? So number four on the list, after focusing on the process, it kind of stems from it. You'll probably notice that a lot of the points here, they do kind of interrelate because they do. It's a badminton match. Your mindset needs to be a certain way. But number four for me is stop playing to lose. This stems directly from being outcome focused and being scared to lose what you find have you heard the henry have you i'm sure you have but have you heard of people choking have you choked yourself i've choked many a times jeff so many times. <laughs> so just for the audience out there who don't understand the slang of choking because i'm not sure it's in every country you say choke but it's basically when you're up by a long way let's say you've got five match points you're up 2015 and you end up losing okay so Take me through this, Henry. So for, let's just say you're up 2015 mm. and you lose the first point. So 16-20 and you think, oh, yeah, that's okay. No worries. I've still got four points to win this. No problem. Yep. Yeah. Then it's 17-20 and you're like, oh, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Three more points. That's okay. Just, yeah, that's okay. Three more. Three more. Mm -hmm. It's the 18-20 mm -hmm. and you're thinking, oh, oh, no. I, I, oh, no. I oh, know. I can't lose. This. Oh, no. Um, I was up 2015. I can't lose. Oh, it's 19-20 now. Oh, I can't lose this. I need to win this next point. Otherwise, it's going to setting. And then it's even and I don't have the upper advantage and it, oh, I need to win this point, 20 all. Oh, what did I do? I've missed this 15, 20 chance. I need to win this point. And all of a sudden you lose 20, 22. Is that a similar kind of mindset or something going on in your brain? 100%. The way, the, I don't know why, like when I think about choking, I think about tennis. I don't know, maybe because I choked a lot of times when I played tennis before badminton. It's just like, say, say for example, playing to six games. So six games is how you win the set in tennis. In the first three or four games, my serve is hard. It's incredible. It, you know, I'm, I'm not scared to fault at all. But then when it gets to the final, the final, final game of, of the set, 
I'm doing these lollipop dink serves just to get it over the net because I because I know <laughs> I just want to hit it in. That that's all it is, and then I lose because I just set myself up because I'm playing not to lose essentially, or like you said, playing to lose is what I was doing, and that's the same for badminton. Just like you said, you know, you'd be up, and then this vicious cycle starts because you've lost one point when you really think that you should have won that point because you're so close to the end um, and that you're so far ahead. But it's it's just a painful cycle. And I think everyone's experienced it or every every athlete, I assume, or most of them would have experienced it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've definitely experienced it. And even when I watch the world's best badminton players, even though they're all amazing, they are still human. And they also feel this. And you see this. I've seen this so many times. The way I see it is not just choking, not just losing from being up, which does happen, okay? Even if someone's up by a long way, they still can lose. The biggest telltale sign that I could say when I can see this happening is when the player starts leaving all these shots that are well in. Have you seen that before, Henry? Yeah, definitely. So they start to be, they start one to be outcome focused. They're not focusing on the process anymore. They're just focusing on winning. They're looking for easy, cheap points. Second of all, they're playing not to lose instead of playing to win. If you're playing to win, you're going to take that shot unless you 100% sure know it's out. If you have a, if you are playing not to lose and there's just a split little 1% chance you think it might be out, you're probably just going to leave it because you're just hoping to win the point and not to lose the point. And I see it, like I said, on the top level, I've done it myself and I can feel myself falling into those patterns sometimes where I'm just, oh, please go out, please go out. And it's so far in. And that's just me playing not to lose. It's like an entire foot in sometimes. And just like, mm, yeah. how, and you how did I decide to leave that one? How did I decide to leave that? But you, you, if you went back to your mind or how clear your mind was just before you left that shuttle, I can guarantee it was not clear at all. Yeah. It was just a bunch of thoughts and questions and things running around in your head and you had no clarity about what you're doing. 100%. The second time I see it is when people start to play safe. And that's just like you when you're playing tennis. When someone was winning a game, especially let's just say an underdog player is playing a high level player, okay? Or someone that they're not supposed to beat. And then they're just about to beat them, okay? They're so close. Oh, I'm so close. I'm five points away from beating the world number one. All of a sudden they start playing conservatively. They start playing passively. They don't take the chances they were from zero to 15. They don't take those chances anymore. And because of that, the other player, it's the pressure's not on the other player anymore and they come back and they can win those matches. So that's where you go into safe mode because you're thinking, oh, I better not lose. I've got this such a good chance to win or I'm up by so much. Then they start to play safe. So tip number four is when you get out there, it's really hard to do, easy to say, but if you're going to lose, lose with style. Like, Lose going, don't, you don't want to lose and think, oh, I just played safe for the last 10 points. That's why I lost. Ugh. You want to be thinking, hey, I gave this everything. I took the chances I needed to take. Don't be stupid about your chances, but take the same chances that got you there already. And then you can go out punching. You can go out swinging instead of just going out and surrendering to the, to the crippling thought that you should have won this game that you've just lost. And it's funny because... You want, it won't be you losing to your opponent. You're losing to yourself in that situation. And that is the, that is the absolute thing worst thing. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> that is literally the worst thing I can think of. <laughs> okay. 
Henry, um, I'm wrapping up here in terms of the, the five tips. This is number five. It kind of brings everything together here. Okay. It basically follows the quote that exceptional performance or exceptional achievement always is preceded by exceptional preparation. So in terms of practice, Elena, I know that you said that during practice, it's okay, but in practice, we need to make sure we're simulating these high pressure situations. If you are practicing your serve, then make a competition out of it. Okay. Make it based on points, make it that you have to hit this many perfect serves or this, this quality of serve. Otherwise you have to do 10 sprints at the end of the session, put some pressure on yourself. So not just serve without any mind or thought, put some pressure on yourself when you're actually doing it. Okay. Because remember exceptional preparation always precedes exceptional performance. I'm just going to give you a quick recap on the preparation. You have to practice your skills and you, you have to be physically confident that you can play out the matches. Okay. So you need to train in a way that is going to give you confidence on court, because let's just say you are process driven. You are thinking about you're, you're focusing on the right things. All right. And you think, okay, I need to serve here in order to get this return. If you haven't practiced that serve and you can't actually do that serve, then it's not going to work. Okay. So the actual physical training also definitely comes into it, but I'm just asking that you do that with a little bit of consequence and not just, there's no, it doesn't matter if you don't do a good job. Then what you can do is you can practice everything. You can practice the questions in getting present. Okay. You can practice yourself getting present every time you step on the court, even if it's for training, get present, make sure you're there. You can ask yourself the right questions. You can have what we call a primary question, okay? A question that can trigger you straight away. So have a question that you can always revert to that's going to snap you back into thinking in the present and being uh, focused on the process. When you're actually playing matches at training, you can have someone help you and to cue you and just make sure that you are staying focused on the process. And lastly, you just need to make sure that you're practicing every time you play any form of competition, whether it's social, whether it's competition, whether it's high pressure, low pressure, practice all these things. So it becomes second nature for you. And you can do these automatically because when it comes to a high pressure situation, you don't, you don't want to have to use too much effort to do these things. You want things to come automatically to you because you've trained it. Love it, Jeff. That was, that was like five and five and a half. Maybe I'll, I'll call that six. Because the, 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 sixth, the sixth one, I would, I would consider that uh, sharpening the knife, um, just practicing your skills, making sure that they're on point um, so that you can go through those five steps uh, and just focus on those five steps. And you're, not just, and you're not actually worried about actually doing the actual serve in itself from a skill perspective. You already know what you're doing as far as the serve is concerned from a technical, um, just because you've repeated it enough that the skills are there. It's the rest of it's just in your head. Absolutely. And one other thing I want to add is that when you are trying to focus on the process or asking yourself the right questions, or you've got a question that really triggers your ability to focus, just write it on your hand, write it on your non-playing hand, write it on your wrist, write it somewhere so you can easily look at it and read it in the middle of the game, right between points. You can just look at it quickly, just trigger that memory. And it is something visual that's going to hopefully snap you back into the process driven mindset when a high pressure situation comes up. Fantastic. So Alona, I hope that you've 
gotten some value out of Jeff's five key points there, five and a half <laughs> key points there. And I hope some of our some of our audience have gained gained some valuable information, uh, actionable tips from this podcast. I've certainly going to ask myself a few more questions the next time I step on court with Jeff, <laughs> uh, whether whether he's on the other side or whether I'm uh, I'm on the same side as him. I'm just I'm just thinking of this video that I recorded that we recorded the other time and and just one part of the video is where I literally left the shuttle and yeah it was clearly in. <laughs> <laughs> Were you playing not to lose? No, I, was, I was playing not to lose. I was playing not to lose. <laughs> but anyway, look, really really excited to be able to answer a question that one of our, our audience members have given us and and I hope, uh, Jeff sounds definitely sounds like he enjoyed giving that those pieces of advice as well, didn't you, Jeff? Absolutely. Yep. And yeah, we'll continue to answer any questions that you have for us. Uh, so if you do have any questions, please shoot us a message on our social media accounts at Volantware, V-O-L-A-N-T-W-E-A-R, or at the Badminton Podcast, the Badminton Podcast. Pretty easy to remember. Or you can shoot us an email at team T E A M at volantware.com. If you want to continue following our journey as a podcast, as a badminton brand, then please connect with us via our social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok. TikTok. We're, we're on all of them. You can certainly follow us on our website as well, www.volantware.com. Thanks, Henry. And I just want to reiterate that, yeah, I did have a lot of fun answering Alona's question. And I really hope that we can continue to do this. So please send in all the questions that you may have because, yeah, we love doing this and hopefully we're giving you a lot of value and we're building our badminton community so we can all become better badminton players and not just in badminton. A lot of those things that we spoke about before relates to anything in life, any kind of performance. If you're studying for an exam, you have to think about the process. You can't think about the result. If you're going for a job interview, you can't think about the job while you're in the interview. You need to be present in the interview. So definitely things you can use in all aspects of your life, not just your badminton game. Um, but yeah, feel free to contact us and, and you'll hear from us on our next podcast episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Volantware, the most versatile badminton apparel you'll ever own.